Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Internal emails obtained by Global News, as you know. Quote, Correctional Service Canada employees predicting a, quote, circus, end quote, surrounding any Bernardo transfer before it ever took place. It's not funny. Tim Danson is the lawyer for the French and Mahaffey families. He's challenging the Correctional Service Canada position and the parole board. Uh, Tim, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I, I keep intruding on your Sundays in July. I, I, I should apologize, but I know you don't mind. That's an important subject. It sure is. So, when, when they say, when Correctional Service Canada makes the case, or tries to make the case, one of the reasons that they transferred Bernardo to medium security was because he's, quote, integrated into the prison population. You reacted to that. Please tell us, please share us what, with us what your thinking is. Well, well first of all, he, he didn't uh, interact uh, within the general prison population. Had, had he done that, he would be dead because the general prison population at Millhaven uh, will not, they won't even tolerate someone like Paul Bernardo. What, what, what they must mean is that he integrated among some inmates on his range, which is a small number of, of inmates. So that criteria uh, is, 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 is one that uh, is unex- it, just doesn't, it just doesn't wash. The, the other thing that's really bothering about this, and I have to you know, confess, I've, I've, I've done a preliminary review of the report. I, I haven't uh, um, weighed down on it in the way that I need to and will uh, with the families, and I'll probably have more to say later. But but let's assume, even if we accept that they comply uh, with the law and the policies, then the law has to be changed. The, the fact of the matter is, and you, you played this uh, on your opening just now and in previous shows, uh, you know, the minister, the prime minister, you know, uh, it looks like the, the government of Canada, the leader of the opposition, seems like 40 million Canadians, uh, were um, shocked and appalled at a decision that was incomprehensible. So how can a decision that is shocking, appalling, and incomprehensible stand? Like, it, this is a diversion. Change the law. And this reliance on, you know, the least uh, restrictive, um, this is the problem. They seem to have a one-size-fits-all. And, and then they have their little bureaucratic checklist, and then they come out with a conclusion. And we're not just... And, and this is the problem, because we're... We're not talking about the general prison population. We're talking about Canada's most dangerous criminal population. We're talking about sadistic, sexual psychopaths. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we, we should be reminded that the Supreme Court of Canada has told us repeatedly that sentencing is the means by which society communicates its moral values. Well, what are our moral values when it comes to sadistic, sexual psychopaths who prey on innocent, defenseless teenage girls and young women. So to put them all into the same category with this checklist uh, is, is wrong. And so we actually have to have a full-sale um, legislative change. And the least restrictive terminology can't apply uh, to the general prison population and Paul Bernardo the same. So we really, we really need to take a step back and just decide that we're going to change the law to make sure that Canadians are protected from uh, people like Paul Bernardo. But also, in, in my preliminary review of the report, I didn't see one sentence 
one one iota uh, uh, of, of 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 communication in that report that put any weight on the punishment side of the sentence, and that's wrong. Yeah, least restrictive policy. You can see that applying perhaps to. No, I don't want to say run-of-the-mill, but not dangerous offenders. But if they extend it to someone who's been defined as a dangerous offender, accepted as such, and as you said, is identified as a sadistic psychopath, sociopath, if they start to extend this least restrictive policy to these types of individuals— well, it's, 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 it's dangerous, it's banal, and if you want to do it, if you want to have least restrictive, put them in the general population of a prison. That's the, that's the least restrictive, isn't it? Yeah, that, that would be. And, 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 you, know, and, and you, you kind of nailed, you, you, you really stated it well there, Roy. That is, that they, when you apply this general principle of application to everybody the same, you end up with a serious injustice. And I have another question, which is, we, you know, we have Paul Bernardo's parole hearing coming up, this third one coming up in November. Why, why wouldn't they wait until November? And the reason why I say that is because at his 2018 hearing and at his 2021 hearing, so that's after 28 years being in prison, he demonstrated, says the parole board, no remorse, no empathy, no insight. And here we are coming up, you know, months away from his next hearing. Why don't we wait to see what the parole board has to see, say if, he's, if he has evolved to the benefit at all, even some remorse, some insight, some empathy. But to do this in the wake of findings of no remorse, no empathy, no insight, and now you're moving him to medium security, uh, you know, it's, it's breathtaking and it's wrong. And this is what's wrong when you apply kind of a bureaucratic test and just check the boxes and forget who you're dealing with. This is not just any offender. This is a, an offender who's, who, who committed crimes that are so unspeakable uh, that it, it's beyond anyone's imagination, and we treat him the same as everybody else. And, and you also make the important point, um, Roy, which is he's also been designated a dangerous offender. He's not just someone who's been convicted of murder. He's been getting life in jail. He's been designated a dangerous offender. And we're talking about least restrictive. Um, you know, there's a reason why people are shocked and appalled and why it's incomprehensible. So change the law. Yeah. It's such an important question that you ask. Why now? I mean, doesn't anybody pay attention? Why, why now? Just months before his third parole board hearing, you move him into a, into a medium security prison in Quebec. And then Quebec, uh, or Correctional Service Canada, argues that the Lamacaza prison in Quebec is suited for high-profile sex offenders and has programs suitable for such offenders. Good Lord. Uh, there's a program for serial abductors of teens and murderers of these teens? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's well established uh, by the experts that there is no cure or proper treatment for sadistic sexual psychopaths. It, there just isn't. And so let's not play games. Um, and we have to take that into account. You know, the other uh, explanation they gave, and I'm not sure if it's in the report, but I did speak with the commissioner for over an hour uh, this week, is that, um, they, that she said that maximum security penitentiaries in Canada are for people who, you know, are going to attack prison guards and other inmates, and so therefore they have to be in maximum security. And we pointed out during that conversation 
that that criteria could never, ever apply to Paul Bernardo because he's a coward. He would never strike out at a prison guard and he would never strike out at another inmate in the maximum security penitentiary. He just picks on vulnerable, innocent teenage girls and young and young women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, so, so to, to suggest that as a criteria is really untenable. Hey, Tim, final question for you. Uh, this is all entertainment for Bernardo, isn't it? And but it's, it's simultaneously, it's once again agony for the families. And it's so this is this is where we so critically fail the families and we critically fail society. Yeah, I mean it's it's extremely uh, painful for the families. It's just that this the knowing uh, what this this person did to their daughters and that he's getting all these kind of benefits and considerations, certainly considerations he never gave Kristen and Leslie and 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 and, and many others. Um, and, you know, it is entertainment. First of all, it is clear, uh, and this was a, an, an argument that we made at the time that we were trying to prevent uh, public access to the media, uh, to the videotapes, which thank God we were successful. But he videotaped his crime because it was entertainment for him, and, and so he could view it later. And anybody who watched him in his last two parole hearings, particularly the last one, he was in his glory. He was in his element. All of this is entertainment for him. And it, it is, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people in Corrections Canada who lose sight of the forest for the trees. And, and this has to stop. And Canadians have to keep expressing their outrage. And it is not, as I said at the outset, it is not an answer that they complied with the law. Because even if they did, then change it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.